You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, Hannies. It's Amiria Sai, and you're back for season two of The Take On. Hi, everyone. I have the honor, the pleasure, the energy, honey, to have Buffy Purcell in the house. Let me read this. She is the author of Crawl Before You Ball and is a nationally, yes, honey, nationally recognized personal finance and tax expert seen on HLN, CNN, CNBC. Sorry, English is my second language, so the letters are hard for me. But you also know her from my favorite show, Married to Medicine, which I thought... For someone who had one season, you were the best one ever, all-star. Yeah, that was my opinion, honey. And I'm not biased, even though we are friends. So... Hi, lovey. Hi, love. And listen, you know, remember, I wasn't really full cast on that show. I was the best friend ever, in my opinion, that people thought was full cast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You better stay it for the cheap seats in the back, honey. Yes, honey. Hey, Amir, I wear my tie dye. I know we're matching. Y'all can't see, but we're matching, honey. We're wearing tie dye. Think alike. <laughs> Always. Listen, when you texted me, I was laughing because I was already in the tie dye. I was going to change, and I looked down, and I was like, I'm already in tie dye. So it's perfect. <laughs> It is perfect. Well, let's talk about taxes because I know a lot of there's a new tax date coming up right in December. So Mm -hmm. that's coming up. So what's your blanket advice for taxes? Because the people hear taxes, death, public speaking, those make people crazy. So how do you kind of diffuse that? Pay your taxes. Robin, girl, you got the money. That's only two episode episodic fees. Pay them taxes. <laughs> you know, and if you can't pay your taxes, the IRS gets a really bad rap. They will set up payment plans for people mm-hmm. that are really um, livable. You know what I mean? That, you know, and, and, and if you can't, you know, like the automatic payment plans that they set up online, if you can't afford that, you can call collections and they will work something out. Mm-hmm. It's just, you need to file your taxes. Actually, that's more important than actually paying the debt, <laughs> which a lot of people don't know. <laughs> um, you've got to pay those taxes because if we I mean, file those taxes, because if you don't, the IRS will file it for you and give you zero deductions. Oh, wow. So when they file on your behalf, you don't get any perks? Nothing at all. It's like savage taxes. Like that's what you get for not filing your darn taxes <laughs> and you go owe the max. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, what about taxes like gets you going? What about it like turns you on? Is it the process of getting those like, you know, the deductible, like getting stuff back? Like when you do someone's taxes, what gets you going about it? Like what makes it sexy? Well, you learn everything. You get in all people's teeth when you do their taxes, honey. You know everything. You know all their business, what they spend money on, by where they live, what yes. they drive, you know, all their business. And for me, you know, it's been my life mission to like help people learn to save. Um, be smart with money. And so it gives me an opportunity. I call it my annual uh, family reunion with our clients where I can fuss at them if they need to be fussed at and I can congratulate them if I need to congratulate them. Um, And we're big about tax planning and strategy. A lot of people think it's a one time a year thing and it's not. You should check in with an accountant, your tax practitioner several times a year, especially if you have a business. Mm -hmm. And what's the like biggest difference between a business tax and a personal tax? Like when you're doing your personal stuff, can you deduct like a dinner or is that only with business? Cause I had a business and we would have business dinners and we could deduct that, but then could you deduct your personal dinners or no? No, no personal dinners, but you used to be able to file a form 2106, which they got rid of under 45's administration, mm-hmm. um, where you could write off business like dinners. So even if you were like wage based pay, like you receive a W-2 and you took out someone to get business, let's say you were in sales and you received a W-2 mm-hmm. back in the day, you could write that off. But now you can. And so um, business deductions, you know, I encourage everyone, if you hate your job, hire yourself, because that's where it's at, darling. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice. That's yeah. Smart. yeah, that's really smart. Then you have more, do you have more deductions that way? Yeah. And I mean, you know, you're more thoughtful in the way in which you spend because now you don't have guaranteed income from a job. You are your boss. And so you tend to spend less. <laughs> that's why I like it. You know, you, you, you learn more about wants versus needs. You're forced to when you're the employer, when you're the boss. Got it. Because like it's coming out of your own pocket. That's interesting. Right. 
Mm. Um, I want to spill the tea a little bit. Obviously, I'm sure you, you can't say names, but when you go through people's taxes, have you ever seen like anything salacious, like a mistress or like oh God, yes. a child? Yes, darling. Oh. <laughs> yes, darling. Oh my goodness. Yes. I actually would have clients come in as a married couple and then the husband or wife, because I've had some wives, wives too doing their things, um, schedule a separate appointment with me and say, now these are my separate books. And there would be like, they paid a mistress's rent or paid for a Range Rover, paid for a separate phone. Like, I didn't understand how Tiger got in trouble because I was like, dude, you don't have people? <laughs> like, it was bad what he did. But I was like, yo, you got your regular phone at the house where the girl's calling? Like, I don't, these, I don't know. And these are like business owners, not necessarily my professional athletes or celebrity, you know, type mm-hmm. clients. Mm-hmm. But yes, honey, I've seen it all. Yeah, strip club. Uh, 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 what did I see? One time there was a condom in the receipts. <laughs> My staff threw up. They were like, <laughs> it's like how messy. The condom was in the, was in the receipts? It was in the bags, in the boxes of receipts. Yes. Oh, my God. I was like, how nasty can you? <laughs> that is nasty. Collecting those receipts turned you on. That's bizarre. Right? That's bizarre. <laughs> I hate doing that job. I hate collecting receipts. That's not. Now hard. people are good. It's all digital now. It's like all these apps. You can just snap a pic and the IRS has come out of the stone ages and they accept JPEGs. So we're oh good now God. in terms of that. Yeah. Thank God. Um, one of my friends, actually, her mom was in the IRS and we would talk about taxes a lot. And I remember being so scared. And then when you do it, when you file it on your own and kind of start learning, it actually is kind of fun to be able to move stuff around and get stuff back. And it's it's kind of like a puzzle game. It's kind of fun. Yeah, a, a little bit. And, you know, I, I, um, I think that you don't necessarily need to hire a tax accountant if you're just filing your personal taxes and you don't own a business. Tax software is so good now. And I wouldn't have said that 10 years ago because I hated turbo crap. But... <laughs> 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 but I mean, it's good. It's one plus one equals two, essentially, when you don't own a business. Right. And, you know, um, you know, you save money. So it's fine. I mean, yeah, it's fun to do it yourself. It's empowering to to file your own taxes and not have your mom or dad do it for you anymore. <laughs> well, there you go. There's that. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about like with when it comes to taxes with this whole Biden thing versus Trump, it doesn't matter who you voted for at this point. What it matters to me is like the whole tax conversation, right? They're saying if you're making more than 400,000, you're going to get a tax. If you're making more than, can, can you break that down? That whole, that fear that a lot of people have with these higher bracket incomes. Yeah. So like really most people shouldn't be concerned about the tax bracket change, like the tax changes. Mm -hmm. Like we've seen all the memes where they're like, if you use Dawn dish soap to take a shower, you're not going to, your taxes ain't changing. (laughs) (laughs) If you have a popcorn ceiling in your house, your taxes ain't changing. You know what I mean? Like the the shade of it all. But like you said, it's like if you earn 400,000, um, a year or higher. Yes. But those people hire people like me to figure it out. So it ain't the end of the world, child. It really isn't. It's a political game. It's all it is. Yeah. Totally. Totally. That's. And what about like, okay, so what happened to Wesley Snipes, right? Do you think that was really just tax or was it trying to make an example of like a celebrity? It was trying to make an example of a celebrity and tax. I mean, Wesley was really bold and brazen and like, I'm not paying taxes, period. It's illegal, quoting crazy stuff. And he had really, really bad advisors mm-hmm. who actually believed this crap that they were telling him. And so, you know, they got shut that down. He was too popular at that time. And, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, he's right. We shouldn't have to pay taxes. And, you know, it was just, you know, they made an example of Wesley. Yes, they did. And several others. Yeah. Rightfully. So it's like, child, be quiet. Fight it in tax court. Nobody don't know about it. Don't be all out in the streets. It's kind of <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> right. Going to prison for some tax debt, child. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Um, when did you get into taxes? Like, when was it like you were like, OK, this makes this is like this is giving me life. So like everyone in my family essentially either is an engineer or they are tax accountants, like CPAs, enrolled agents. And so when I was 16, I started working in my family's practice after school and I just I loved it. It was fun, you know, Um, and it was easy for me. I've always been really good at math and super organized and it's my family's business. Now, I was the little spoiled 
rich kid brat who then when I went to college was like, screw this, I'm not doing this, I'm gonna do something else. Um, and I became the license, I became a licensed mortgage broker and um, insurance agent, and then went on to start my own practice. And I had chandeliers in my office and, uh, 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 you know, a fabulous um, uh, pink walkway and a, a, and a uh, what are those things called? I forgot we used to use in the background with the logos on it, the uh, step and repeat. <laughs> You your own step and repeat in your office? Ooh. Yeah, that's honey. This Ooh. was a long time ago. So my clients would come in and we would take pictures with them. I would tag them. And that was advertising for me early Smart. before people started thinking about doing that. Smart. And my family's very like, blah, blah, you know, why would you do that? And then when I grew my practice to 5,000 clients, they were like, oh, can you come do that in my office? <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah, hilarious. So. That was like success to shut people up. Yeah, That's- shut them down, honey. And they cut me off financially too, those bastards. And so <laughs> and then I made my own money. <laughs> That is hilarious. That's what happened to me. My parents cut me off and then I was I'm going to be a real estate agent. So yep. you start yep. making your own coin. Yeah, yep. I get it. I see. Listen, hustle sees hustle. We get it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and we prove ourselves are when we come from means to be like, yo, we could do this ourselves, too. OK, because yeah. there's always that thing where you came with a silver spoon in your mouth. Honey, it's harder sometimes. It is. <laughs> It is. And people don't they don't want to they, they don't understand that. And they think our struggle isn't a real struggle. But it is because you want to prove yourself, totally. you know, totally. yeah. and downgrading is a lot harder than upgrading. So <laughs> yeah. from whence I came to where I had to go when I got cut off was yeah. not cute. It was not cute. Speaking <laughs> of popcorn ceilings, honey, there were many of popcorn ceilings <laughs> and no housekeeper to wash my laundry. Oh, people nope. are gonna kill us. We so spoiled. <laughs> we're coming real spoiled, but we've listen. I I've really gone out of that and done my own thing, but it was it was tough for a minute. You know, I mm-hmm. I always said I was the poorest person you'd meet driving a Range Rover. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's luxury at a distance. People are like, right. it's so good. I'm like, it looks good from a distance. Just don't get <laughs> You silly. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's funny that we have that in common. That's, I think that's why we clicked. Because there's this certain group of people that came, like you said, from a silver spoon. And you have more to prove sometimes. Like, yes. you know, like the Paris Hiltons of the world. Like, she works so hard because it's like you're trying to prove that you're rising right. above what your family has done or the money they have. So I, yeah. I really resonate with that. And I love her story. I mean, she killed it. You know, she could have just sat around on her laurels and just been like, I'm hot. And she didn't. She branded nope. and trademarked, I'm hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> yes. Um, what about, okay, I want to talk to you real quick about, I'm so fascinated by taxes. I never knew I was until I met you. And okay. then I got really into it. But I commingling. My dad talks about this a lot when it comes to his business, and, and a lot of people do this where they commingle their funds. Is that really bad? Is yes, it's so horrible. Bad. It's it's like go to jail bad. Okay. It's like embezzling money from your company bad. So you know, I always tell clients you've got to have two separate bank accounts: one for your personal expenses and one for, well, in, in income, and one for your business and business expenses. And the two should never combine. So like, if it's a bona fide ordinary business expense, meaning it's something that is necessary for the operation of your company, pay it out of the business account. If it's you going to buy some lubes, you need to pay it out your personal account. That's <laughs> not a business expense. <laughs> not lube. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean lubes, red bottoms, child. I'm saying. Oh, I thought you said lube. I was like, okay, no, well, I'm the lube. <laughs> no, lubitis. I'm sorry. Sorry, lube. Okay. Um, thank you for correcting that. <laughs> I got you. I'm like, they're going to put you in, in, a, in an article, Buffy Brutal saying, buy the lubes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, shoes and stuff, honey. Um, But yes, you have to keep it separate because if you were to get audited by the IRS, they will make that all income to you, even if it is a bona fide business expense. And so if you can't show that you keep it strictly separate, then they're going to add what is an expense to you as income and then you have to pay higher taxes. So a good example is um, Georgia is like I live in Atlanta is big with film and TV now. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of clients who are professional makeup artists or hairstylists or costumers and costumers in particular. I'm like, you've got to have a credit card for your kit of costumes Mm -hmm. and you've got to use a personal card for your clothing, because how do we differentiate between the two in an audit situation? And so, yes, it's, it's very, it's very, that's one of the most um, highly audited things is commingling business funds and personal funds. So your dad's absolutely right. You have yeah. to be good on that. 
He put the fear of God in us with that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, with, but w- with audits, like, are they random? Like, or, or <laughs> do they, do they just happen random? They, they're random. <laughs> but there are people who have certain red flags for which you're going to get audited. I mean, if you're writing off a Bentley as a business car, you're going to get, you know what I mean? Like it's just silly stuff. Right. Um, but then, yeah, some are audited. I mean, everybody should know that you're probably going to get audited at least once in your lifetime. Okay. It's just going to happen. And it may not be the traditional scary audit where you have to go and they sit with you for a week. Um, it could be what are called correspondence audits where they just send you a letter and they say, we need you to prove X, Y, and Z. Those are audits too. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. less scary. I always imagine someone with a black briefcase and they're coming in. Yeah. I love audits. I, I, I like my clients. I love going. I bring snacks. My clients are not allowed to come. I make copies of all the, the paperwork so I can give it to the and then the IRS loves me because then they don't have to make copies. Like I make a whole three days of it with them and make jokes. And honey, as long as you keep people happy, everything works out. Huh. <laughs> that actually sounds fun. I kind of want to go with you. That sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of fun or not fun, we do need to talk about <clears throat> Mary to Medicine. So sure. Let's get into whatever you want, baby. We're getting in. We're going in. Um, How did you like, how did that come to be? And were you kind of on the fence about it? Or were you just like, I'm going to try I'm going to jump in. Like, what was your vibe? So I was actually asked to join, well, audition for the show several years ago. And my husband was running the psych ER at the Atlanta VA hospital. And I was, which is a very political position. And I was like, yeah, no, I can't really, you know, that would be not good. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, they kept contacting me and Dave went into private practice and I was like, okay. And so, you know, I was like, let's see. And I was promised that I would be a friend, not main cast, which meant to me that I was just going to show up and be cute at a couple of events, but that didn't happen. (laughs) I was in every episode except one in the reunion. <laughs> this little light of mine. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Was there a reason you didn't do the reunion or were you not, it wasn't on the... On oh, I was at the reunion. I was I was in the reunion. Oh, that's what I thought. I was like, because I thought you said yeah. you weren't in the reunion. Okay, got it. No, no, no. I said I was in every episode except one and I was at the reunion. Oh, you were at the yeah. reunion. I was like, I remember you at the reunion. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I want to talk about the, the party that kind of everyone loved online, the frugal party, which I thought was genius because I do that a lot where... I'm like, everything I'm wearing is like a hundred bucks. And yep. I have to do that just on my own. It just, in my own head, it makes me feel like fun and I got a deal. So talk to me a little bit about that party and what was the like impetus for that? So like, you know, I feel like reality TV is supposed to be aspirational television, but you've got to like make it attainable. Like mm-hmm. everybody can't wear $5,000 in clothes every day no. and then live in a $3 million house that, and then drive a $500,000. Like that's just not the real world. Mm-hmm. And really wealthy people don't do that crap anyway, as you and I both know. You know. And so I'm very big on wealthy people don't wear their assets on their ass. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was like, I thought up a cute idea. I was like, okay, um, let's have this frugal party. The girls are going to lose their mind because, you know, they wear the Louboutins and the Chanel this and the YSL that and only allow them to spend $500, which I thought was very generous. But they were like, are you crazy? And I was just like, girl, my outfit was like, I think $46. <laughs> and and really, not bad. I thought it wasn't, but like shoes, bag, everything. Like, so for them, you know, that was, but I think it's harder to look cute on a, on a budget. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And sometimes when you are those labels, you still look a hot damn mess. And so. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I know so, yeah, many it, Persian people that Dior threw up on and they still don't look stylish. Yeah. And so for me, it was like a teachable moment to show America that you can look good and not spend all your money. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some of the girls embraced it and some of them didn't. And that's fine. And that's fine. It is It is what it is. And speaking of that, you actually wore the budget friendly version of that pink blazer that Robin and Lisa Rinna and Erica Jane were all wearing. So I did. That, and I was the first to wear it. Yes, you were, honey. <laughs> yes, you were. The night that that elder OBGYN was evil to me. <laughs> That is true. That is true. Let's talk about this elder OBGYN. So that whole, I remember I was like bawling because I was just like, and of course at the time I didn't know you, but I was, I was like, I just could imagine. And again, I'm a man, so I can't even go that far, but I, I imagine what it's like to be kind of exposed in a room. Like it was not about if, if she had brought you on stage and said, Oh, Buffy, do you want to share your story? Giving you an opportunity to say yes or no, that's something. 
It, but to expose someone, that was really tough for, for the audience to watch. So yeah. what was going and through I, your mind? Did you want to knock her out? Yeah, I, 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 I was shocked. I, I thought I was being, I was like, is this really happening? Like, and if you see the footage that they did allow, you can kind of see that and everyone around me. And then I was immediately hurt. Mm-hmm. I was like, why would someone be that? Like, I, it's so violating mm-hmm. to try to pimp out my struggles to sell a book. Because that's what the event was for. And, you know, she later said that she was trying to relate to each lady. But the reality is the elder OBGYN and I have several things in common. We're very rigid. We keep our homes very organized and clean. We like interior design. We read a lot. We're both entrepreneurs. There are lots of things she could have, you know, we could have connected on other than her exposing my pain. Mm. And then shaming me for reacting the way in which I did, which I thought was incredibly uh, forgiving because I didn't jump on the stage and and beat her up. I wouldn't do that. She's my mom's age. Right. Right. Not (laughs) my contemporary. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody that's my mom's age, you know, real talk. And, you know, so I felt like I, I, I was the debutante that I was raised to be. And I, I exercised a great deal of, Restrained. We are building a deck. Um, deck, She's building empires and a deck. That's right. A new one. It was getting on my nerves. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, so it it was painful and um, to receive absolutely no support from most of the girls was also very shocking. Mariah was amazing. Toya was amazing. And the younger OBGYN pretended to be supportive. (laughs) (laughs) These names, these monikers are giving me life, honey. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think what, what for me, it's not necessarily what was said. It's the way it was said and the way that you weren't in on it. Like had she pulled you aside and said, can I discuss your reproductive health on this stage? And you had maybe co-signed it. That's something else. But to then say it in the way she said it, where you're calling someone barren. Like that's yeah. really extreme. That's not, this person has reproductive challenges. No, the, the, yeah. you know, and yeah. you're a doctor. She, and she, and she also, there was, I'm, I'm very bright and, you know, I know what she meant by that. It wasn't reproductive. It wasn't just reproductively barren. Mm-hmm. You, you bear no fruit anywhere. She was mm-hmm. shading me. Um, and I think that I made too big of a splash and I was neutral and kind to everyone. And that's her role. And it was a little bit, uh, scary for, um, especially given that, you know, she's, you know, I'm not, I'm not ageist, but I'm just saying she's not really everybody's contemporary. And, you know, to have somebody my age come along and be the voice of reason in most of the disagreements that were happening. And, you know, I think she was shocked that I could hold my own and I wasn't, um, you know, I guess kissing her behind like the rest of them do. But you're correct. If she had pulled me aside beforehand and she had my cell phone number, she could have texted me and been like, girl, I want to share this. We have this in common. I could have prayed over it and then been prepared. But to have someone violate you like that on the spot in a room with 200 people that I don't know, and it's being filmed for national television. Yeah. Do you think production was privy to it? Like, do you think they should have warned you? Um, they all said they didn't know. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> yep. We're, we're looking real close to the camera. Y'all can't see, but we're, we're not believing that. Yeah, we don't believe that. But, um, you know, it's, you know, I, I think that they didn't understand. I don't know how you can't understand someone having had six miscarriages and not wanting to discuss that unless I say I want to discuss that. Right. You know, science. I don't have a, I'm not a doctor, but she's a doc. She's an OBGYN dealing with that specifically. So how can she not realize people don't want to talk? They don't even want to tell their doctor sometimes. Correct. And then even in the, specifically in the the black community of women, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're told from birth that we're supposed to be stoic and strong and you can never show any weakness. And if you cry, it's, you know, it's bad. And, and, you know, if you just need to suck it up and soldier on. And I just don't subscribe to that. I'm human. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my husband and I lost babies that we really wanted. And for us, it was a death each time. Yeah, of course. And deeply personal and painful. And for her to shame me and then say, you need to use your pain to make it your purpose, like I had no other purpose in life, 
You know, it's just, it's wrong. And I question her using her, like, you know, she said, you know, 15 years ago, breast cancer robs me of my fertility. And I mean, if I were to do the math with her age, I think she was older than me at the time she was saying she was just trying to start having a child. And if someone came to her at that age as an OBGYN, she probably would tell them not to start. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she probably did want a child. But my thing is, you know, don't, you you didn't start as early as I did, right? And right. so don't 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 shame me because I kept trying and it didn't work and it's painful for me to talk about it. And because now 15 years later, since your last attempt, it's okay for you to talk about it. Like right. give me some time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm younger than you. So this mm-hmm. only happened to me the last time like a year ago. So it's still fresh. And you're opening this wound and throwing salt in it and pine salt and Lysol and dancing around it and everything else. And so, yeah. So before, when she said that, it had only been a year since your last miscarriage. Mm-hmm. That, see, that is like, I wish that was really, like, I wish. Well, they I didn't could. ask. No one asked me other than Mariah and Toya. No wow. one, she never asked. And like I said, she had my number. So you would think after that, that night, mm-hmm. you think she would have texted me and been like, girl, let's talk. Never happened. But wow. she did ask me where I got my couch from and if my, um, yeah, so she wanted to know about furniture. <laughs> oh, okay. So she could text you about furniture, but could it text you about the huge mistakes she made? And it, for me, when people say, make your pain your purpose, is is so messed up. I remember when I was dealing with suicidal thoughts and depression, a lot of people would say, you can be an example. Well, bitch, I'm in the ditch right now. I don't want to be an example. Right. Like, right. Eight right. years later, now I can talk about it because I'm good. Right, right. And That's don't shame me because I'm sitting in my moment right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm married to a psychiatrist who firmly believes it, everybody isn't freaking happy all the time. That's mm-hmm. what's abnormal. Yeah. We need to normalize the fact that you are not happy all the time. Uh-huh. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And let people just be them. Period. <laughs> However, live. you you get up and you wake up every day. Like I, I think I wrote um, when I made a response to what had happened to me. I said, you have no idea what I go through every day to go out into this world. And you don't know what other people go through every day mm-hmm. to wake up, get themselves together, put that armor on and go out in the world. You don't know what somebody else's pain is. So be careful what you say. Absolutely. And if you trip up because we're human, say you're genuinely sorry and 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 until they till the person is good with it, not till you feel like you're done with it. That's the other crap. <laughs> well said. No, well said. It's true. And I, you know, and even the apology was very aggressive. Yeah. I've apologized. <laughs> okay. Like, well, you know, I you know they didn't they didn't play some of my my confessionals where I was like, who is she? Jesus of Nazareth. I mean, like, what the heck is going on? Nobody at that table other than Toy and Eugene and my husband stood up for me. Like, I was just like, do y'all hear her yelling at me? And all I said was, I didn't appreciate you. And I said it like that. I didn't appreciate you saying that I was infertile. And I got like, it was like I called her every other name other than a child of God. And I did not. And And what they didn't air is that uh, the dentist said that she said well, before I started cussing out the dentist she I said well Jackie Jackie said you're you're infertile she didn't lie did she your uterus doesn't work I mean just the level of evil <laughs> but nothing heavenly about that comment no um, yeah and that ain't her real name <laughs> you know it um it is a little south of the border um, but yeah, I mean, I think that with those comments, I love what you said. If you say something, you're human, you misstep, you apologize. But a lot of times I feel like people are like, apologize and they say the words, but there's no feeling behind it. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, are you over it yet? It's mm-hmm. like, wow, that's yeah. not the same energy. And that's what I got. And and I also got, well, you keep bringing it up and I never brought it up because I didn't want to talk about it. Everyone, the producers brought it up. The other girls brought it up because it was a big thing for the season. It wasn't me. And if you saw me cry, if it's somebody who doesn't want to talk about having lost six babies and people keep throwing it up in your face and you're getting no support from your female um, the women who are in your circle on the show, it's a very lonely, very, um, just sad place to be. And I, you know, I, I upped my therapy after that. I was going three times a week. Um, I'm not ashamed to say that I had to go back on medication and, you know, it is what it is. It just, it took me back to a dark place. 
And, you know, some good came out of it. I always look for the good. It, it caused David and I to revisit that and to talk about what it is that we want to do mm-hmm. um, moving forward. And, you know, he saw that I wasn't fully healed from it because, you know, you get pushed to where you got to put on a brave face yes. for everyone else. Yeah. Um, and um, I was able to be vulnerable in a way in which I hadn't been before with my husband. And when I tell you that my baby supported me, honey. Yeah. I would never leave that movie. Never. <laughs> he had my back. <laughs> he's wonderful. He he's like he's such a sweet light, and I think that sometimes when we get in that darkness, all we need is a flashlight. And I feel like yeah. in some ways he picked up the flashlight and and took took kind of control of that. Um, was it nice in those moments to have like to have him there? Because you know him being a psychiatrist and having the knowledge was he really able to have the right words and obviously you had your own therapist but a lot of people might mistakenly think okay is your husband giving you therapy oh no 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 he's my husband when when we're home okay. he's not my psychiatrist that's not allowed it's unethical and it wouldn't work um but no he he's my man you know he's my rock he's my teddy bear he he, you know, showed me the love and support that a husband should. And he had my back and he checked them in his David way when, when he needed to, mm-hmm. you know, Amen to that. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's, it, it's crazy. Cause with, I want to talk a little bit about the misogyny in, in mm-hmm. with a female body, right? My friend had a miscarriage and her mother-in-law turned around and said, that's your job is to have a baby and you, you fucked up, you know? So where do you think there is such misogyny in that, right? In that, like... Yeah, women, men, everyone. It, 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 to, to say that um, a woman's primary and only goal is to, and, 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 and birth the reason that she was brought into this world is to bring forth children is extremely misogynistic. It's extremely, um, and it's painful. And like, for me, you know, I wanted, I thought that the girl we missed since it happened, right. If I had gotten like any support at all, I would have been more open to talk about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think we missed a great opportunity to talk about the fact that there are in fact women who don't want to have children and that's okay. And that's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's there. That's that's it's our body. It's our choice. And that's fine. Like, I, I often wonder if 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 the elder OBGYN actually ever really wanted kids. Mm-hmm. And and if she didn't, and that's fine. But in our culture, I can tell you that it's far better for you to say that you couldn't have kids than to say you didn't want to have kids because people look at you as extremely selfish. They do. They do. Mm-hmm. They're like, what are you going to do? Like one of my my cousins, she's amazing because she is the breadwinner. She she works at like an a big kind of like Harley Davidson type of company. She's the mm-hmm. vice president. Her husband stays at home. They don't have kids. She gets so much slack for that. Why is your husband home? Why don't you have kids? You're so, so selfish. Silly. Who's going to take care of you? I'm like, listen, if, you have, if you're having kids so they take care of you when you're old, you're going to be disappointed. Correct. Then they're going to throw you behind right in the old folks' home mm-hmm. with that money you saved up or didn't save. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And when you don't have kids and you save, you can pay for the Shady Pines Elite plan (laughs) (laughs) not the elite plan i love it the platinum plan shady pines you put yourself in a nice place (laughs) yeah um you brought up mariah and i wanted to talk to you i saw an interview she did where she talked about how there were people of color working on the show and then a lot of them were fired and then the show was taken from her which is her words that married to medicine was her idea and she's a black you know Muslim woman and they Mm -hmm. took this show from her. What was your experience with production? Did you feel like there was any moments where it felt like things were not completely like on the same level? Like everything wasn't copacetic. It just seemed like nobody liked her. Mm. And it seemed like she was on an island by herself. Mm -hmm. I can distinctly remember when we were in Savannah on the girls trip coming downstairs and she had been outside and she came in and her lip was swelling up and the two OBGYNs were sitting next to me. And I said, y'all look, her lip is like, like, yeah. do you have an allergic reaction, Mariah? And they were like, Oh, and went back down to charting. And I was like, girl, let me go get you some Benadryl. And I'm like, the MRSMD is getting the damn Benadryl. What are the OBGYNs doing? Like yeah. just, and that was like cast, not even production. But I mean, there was we had had a dinner and it was the day before um, Ramadan. And so she wasn't going to be able to eat, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, while we were still there. Exactly. And we were at this restaurant and someone brought her food. And I don't remember if it was production or a cast member. And she said, is this chicken? 
and it turned out to be pork. And she went to the bathroom and threw up. It was like horrible, yeah. horrible. Because pork is a big deal. I'm Muslim. Like if you eat it, like it, it's like really bad. Like people yeah. get sick because it's like a mental thing too. When you're yeah, like- she was really upset. And um, I remember texting her and I said, I'm going to have, because I had hair and makeup, you know, I was extra. I had my team there um, at the hotel. And I was like, I'm going to have them go get you something else to eat. Um, and they brought it to the house. And she just... She she didn't trust me. And then when I brought her the stuff and I hugged her, like there was something that changed. Mm. Like she was like, oh, you're not like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And she started opening up to me. And and what's what's interesting is I thought that and I still do because we're good friends. Actually, we have the most in common interracial marriage, mm-hmm. you know, successful, you know, independent from our own spouses, mm-hmm. you know, um, and she didn't want to hang with me in the beginning. And she later told me it was because the minute you and I become friends they're going to treat you how they treat me and that is exactly what happened wow they they truly i i think out of all the bravo shows there's so much hate for her yeah it's crazy and i didn't see it and i'm not saying that she's innocent at all but what i'm saying is when you feel like you brought on your friends and you put them on this platform for which you feel that you created Mm-hmm. And you change their lives because let's let me just tell you, they would still be doing this show if they was making this kind of money and had this kind of life in their practices. Let's just yeah, real talk. Okay? Let's call it fade to fade. And so I don't understand why every season the last episode isn't a party to thank Mariah. Like thank you is the easiest invoice that you can pay. And I don't know why people have such difficulties doing it. And really, if that had happened, I think she would be less, you know, upset. Filming because let's just be honest, that girl can whip out some looks. She can whip out some green string, green string confessionals. Mm-hmm. She can read them girls like nobody's business. And she's fun. She's very fun. But it can't be fun when people are saying you use drugs and they know you don't. <laughs> you know. I mean, if so. you're puking over eating pork, I doubt you're doing a line of coke. No, she no, that girl don't do no darn drugs. No, she does not. I mean, she was crying all night. And I and I, you know, and she's like, I'm Muslim. I you don't understand. She called Aiden. It was horrible, Amir. It was horrible. Very horrible. And then the Muslim community is quite judgmental, like most religious communities, and they will turn on you if they're going to the mosque. And first of all, I'm sure some people turned on them for just doing the show, let alone mm-hmm. now you're doing drugs. Mm-hmm. Like that's a no-go. So mm-hmm. but it's so sad that she felt like on such an island, because like I said, I I really like her. And I thought she was such a light on the show. She was so fun. She is fun. She is a light. She's really smart. She's really kind. She's really giving. And yeah, she probably cut some girls out. Sure. And yes, yeah, she probably did some dirt because them girls did it to her. Let's just, right. if somebody come for me, I'm gonna come for your behind too. Uh-huh. And you get pushed in a corner. It is what it is, but they have not been the most supportive bunch. And I mean, I heard there was some, oh, when she first started the show, she tried to give them some contract. Well, just don't sign it and keep it moving, but don't hold it against her forever. Right. You know what I mean? Don't don't act like production ain't trying to give you some janky 360 deal too, okay? Don't don't act like they didn't try that too now, okay? Right, right. And <laughs> it's, it's a very long-running show. I think it's eight or nine seasons. So like it you you're still holding on from season one, like let it go. They are, they really <laughs> are. It's 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 really sad. And okay. like I thought it was gonna be like fun and like light shade and the occasional drama and like kicking and no, and it's not fake. They really don't like each other. That's <laughs> not fake. Come on, let me tell you something. It's like I was. Some days I was like, "Where's security?" <laughs> seriously, seriously. No, mm-hmm. it's true. And and do you think that like sometimes when you went and hung out with your no, quote unquote normal friends, people that are not on the show, do you think that like you felt more dramatic because of being on TV? Like, did that ever rub off in your real life? Or were you able to just be like, I'm not this. These are my real friends. I'm not going to be dramatic. Well, see, this is the thing. I'm Buffy. I'm always dramatic. I'm always extra. She's the same everywhere, darling. <laughs> yes. And so like, a, lot of, a lot of people were like, are you, are you worried about your clients? I'm like, no, I act a fool and cut up with them mugs too. Everybody's like, yep, that's Buffy. There's I'm the same person always. Right. I don't, I'm not, I'm not code switching. I'm not switching up. I mean, like I, 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 I've been doing a, think a good job of posting on my social media to show people that I'm the same way with my white in-laws and my mother-in-law who's a minister that I am with my girls when I go hang out with them. Mm-hmm. I'm the same person and mm-hmm. I, I feel like real is rare and real should be respected. Amen to that. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. And speaking of real, like 
if people, if y'all are not following Buffy on TikTok and Instagram, <laughs> you're, you're missing out. But really, TikTok, you've really kind of found your stride, like the reply videos and and with your husband and just responding to the shady comments about, you know, and I know we've talked about this when we did Potomac, the whole bed wench comments and yeah. all that. How do you navigate? You've done it in such a brilliant way where you're not letting them affect you, but you're schooling them at the same time. How did you yeah, find so that spot? I try to always make everything a teachable moment. Uh-huh. So my brand of shade is I'm going to shade you, but in a classy way. And I'm going to teach you behind something. And hopefully you'll learn and you'll keep subscribing to my page and keep learning. Because, you know, if I'm just evil, like some of these people they follow and all they're doing is taking pictures. And I'm so fabulous trying to sell you stuff and not giving you anything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give a read because people are going to come for that. But they're going to leave learning something. Amen. And I think that, you know, sharing data. I just he's the best hubby ever I don't know how I conned him into marrying me because I'm a hot goddamn mess oh. but that our our life and 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 our very happy life and our very happy home with our pups who are our kids um you know I want to share it with the world because everybody needs some happy and sometimes we're not happy I share when I cuss his ass out there you go. There you go. <laughs> and and then that's real and people need to not think that marriage is always roses and lingerie sometimes it's I will drown your ass in that bathwater that I said I would lick yesterday. <laughs> I know. I I feel you. And I think sometimes when parents don't share, the kids also get confused. Like I, growing up, yeah. my parents never fought. And the one time they fought, me and my sister thought they were getting a divorce because everything was so shut down. But yeah. when you're expressive and you, and you have those arguments and you move forward, perfection is not for life. It's really... No. It's not. And like, I, you know, I, I, when my nephews are around and Dave and I are arguing, they laugh and they immediately take Dave's side, whether I'm right or not. Right. And it, it just, you know, and our arguments are like, child, nothing. But, you know, it, it's it's real and it's life and you're going to have disagreements, especially if you think about it. You're married. Yeah. And they're your lover and they're your best friend. But it's also a roommate. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's true. It is true. on your nerves. Uh-huh. <laughs> They don't put the feet down, honey. They don't clean the dishes. Like they leave socks on the floor, and I'm OCPD, and I want everything organized. (laughs) Same here. I I remember my ex. It was always like he's like, "Why do you need to move the socks?" I'm like, "But why are they on the floor?" Right. Well, how did you? I've never taken my socks off in a way where they end up on the floor. You put them off. They're in your hand. You put them in the hamper. I just never got that. I don't understand how dishes end up in the sink when there's two dishwashers or a dishwasher right there. Like, why don't you rinse it and put it in a dishwasher? That's where it goes. Everything has a home. Why is it homeless? Why is it on the counter? Yes. Yes. Amen. Why do you need four cups on the bedside? How thirsty are you? Like, all day and then wash that. (laughs) Amen. I'm like, how thirsty are you? Like, yeah, it's, you know, but on that topic of like, my ex was Ethiopian and even in LA, we'd walk down the street and people would say, oh my God, they'd be like, good for you. And people would do that. You know, those comments where they're too sorry. You're so brave. I had someone say, you're so brave. And I'm, listen, I'm, I'm well-educated. I come from a good family, but I will flip a table for someone I love. So, <laughs> I don't blame you. I can tell. That's why we love each other. That's why we love each other. We love each other. We love each other. And I told her, and I remember, and my, and my ex was so upset. He was like, why do you have to do this? I was like, I was like, I'm so brave. You should give me the medal of fucking honor that I, that I'm with this beautiful black man. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> Child, you the stuff people say to us in Atlanta, Georgia. I, I, it's insane. And like, we'll be at dinner, and Dave and I are a very affectionate couple. And I mean, we're all booed up, eating off each other's place before COVID, making out all this stuff. Yes. And they, the inevitably, the waitress or waiter will come and say, "Do you need two checks?" And you know, it happens once. It's okay, but every time you go. It's it's like someone's forcing you to validate your choice in a spouse and it gets on your nerves. Mm-hmm. And so David would start ordering my food for me and I hate that crap. But he'd say my wife will have because he didn't want that to happen at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just things that interracial couples have to deal with that other people don't. You know, it's he, also would, he also would things would go over his head like someone would say some racist crap and he just it, it would miss him. And one day he just kind of said, babe. I'm a six one German white doctor. 
this didn't happen to me before we got together. And so you got to kind of like help a brother out, (laughs) you know? And I said, I can understand that, but you're going to have to wake the hell up too. (laughs) Amen. Amen to that. I mean, I'm white passing. So a lot of people would assume I was white. So they would, it was funny. Like he literally would tell the waitress like five times, I'm treating him. It's his birthday. And they would give me the check every time. They would give me the check. You know, he drove like a really nice car and they would be like, oh, we just brought your car out to the valley. And I'm like, it's his car. And they're like, your car is so wonderful. I'm like, what the, this is LA. Or or people would say, like, I remember um, one of my colleagues asked like, oh, what does he do for work? And I was like, oh, he works in sales. And they were like, oh, for a record company. And I'm like. (laughs) No, I remember um, like my first car that I ever bought for myself wasn't even a big Benz. It was a little baby Benz. And I remember taking it to get a service. And I remember uh, going with David to go pick it up. And I remember the lady behind the counter, she was like, you're so lucky. And I was like, why? And she was like, because Dr. Dave bought you this car. And I was like, no, I wrote the check that bought this car, honey. And I gave him a prenuptial agreement when we got married because he was still a resident. Not that it's your business, but I'm going to just school you. (laughs) The people are so awful. And then I remember that one last story of people's ridiculousness. I was at a Christmas party and one of my boss's wives, like, wives one of my boss's wife <laughs> um she she turned to me and said um he must live with you and I thought why he has his own apartment and I didn't get it and then my yeah. ex in the car was like you know what she was saying like I'm black so I don't have a place to live I'm living yeah yeah and, I, yeah. and those are the times where kind of like your your hubby I had to get schooled yeah to get schooled. I had heard the like you're a terrorist or you can't get through airport security or it was really kind of at an airport. It didn't happen outside of that as much. So I had to really school moments or like Ubers where the driver would say like, I remember one of the drivers was like, Oh, we have a very, a big cleaning fee. Like right when we got in and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And my ex would be like, that's, those are, those are things that you have to get used to hearing. And it's hard because I'm so sassy, but sometimes you really can't flip a car when you're in the back seat. So you mm-hmm. have to keep your mouth shut. And that's really hard for me. That Extremely was hard. hard. And uh, and imagine every day, what do you mean? You understand you're a Muslim man. You get it. I mean, you're white passing, but you still hear people talking fly and you're going to get them straight. It, you know, having to go out into a world and people just being reckless with their mouths and disrespectful, especially in this climate with 45 is crazy. But I live for your TikToks and Instagrams, honey. You go in on 45, <laughs> baby. I live for it. Thank you. Someone told me they're like, well, we can't hold people account. Like he's the president and we have to respect the position. I'm like, if he don't respect the position, I ain't going to respect it either. This mug playing golf and people dying every day. He don't respect the position. (laughs) Obama went to Hawaii once in eight years. (laughs) And everyone said he was so disrespectful. And he has a house here and he was stimulated, like he was coming here and literally giving the, helping the economy by being here. Uh So Uh he wore one tan suit and and looked amazing and everybody lost their damn mind. (laughs) Trump wig dripping. (laughs) I mean, get yourself a good clam team. You I know, broke, right? But get yourself right. a glam team. Like, right. we'll, our, we'll pay for it. The tax people, will, we'll pay for it. <laughs> we don't want you making us look crazy on the world stage. <laughs> Did you see Giuliani dripping? Wow, oh, that baby. That baby needs to sit down somewhere, honey. <laughs> oh my God, he needs to take some seats. Like a hot mess. That's amazing. Well, listen, speaking of your opinion, I love your opinion. So I want to get your opinion on some Bravo shows. So I want to start with OC because it's a hot mess with Kelly Dodd acting a fool in these streets talking about drunk lives matter and dating Fox News reporters, whatever. She's a mess. So I need to know what you think about this very white, white, white Housewives franchise. So, you know, I haven't watched OC this season because I've joined the boycott because of Kelly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have friends, you know, on the cast. Mm -hmm. And I just I feel like she got to go. She's got to go. We got to fire her. She got to go. If we're not going to, Buffy, if we're not going to let her on Watch What Happens Live, Andy literally has banned her from that show. Mm-hmm. Why are we have her on the network? I don't right, understand. Right, right, right. And so, you know, she's got to go and it's a good franchise. Get rid of her. Mm-hmm. Just get rid of her and let her be reckless somewhere else. Yes. But not on Bravo because that's just not what Bravo is supposed to be about. And mm-hmm. so it's time for them to like step up. She's not that valuable commodity. Get rid of I mean, she's a person. That's mm-hmm. fine. But mm-hmm. she is not what 
what I believe Bravo's brand is and she needs to go. Amen. Yeah. She's been very transphobic in the past. I actually called her out and she called me a bitch. And that was a high point for me because I was like good. And I got blocked because she with Bronwyn's son, he came out and doesn't know what he is. And she had to mm-hmm. aggressively go, is he gay or transgender? Why do you need to know so aggressively? Yeah, why is it your business? Be quiet. Have several seats. Have several right. seats. And she don't like that. Right. So, you right. know what? Like, again, like you said, she's a person, but we need to kind of get her out of the problem. Mm-hmm. That's not the stage for her. It's not the place. We don't have time to be doing all that. Nope. Well, thank you. <laughs> no. well, that, that's the Buffy exclusive is a no thank you. <laughs> I love it. Um, what about, did you watch Salt Lake City? Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, that's my new favorite. <laughs> Listen, Jen and Mary, as I call her, Mary, breakout stars, baby. Yes. Oh my God. Jen is a granddaddy husband. Yes. He's not bad looking. No, honey, he's not. I ain't mad at her, but you know, darn well, grandma did not write in her will that you need to marry. Your granddaddy. <laughs> Grandma's <laughs> rolling in her grave, honey. She is not mad, honey. My, but you know she was keeping that coin, that wire. So I, I can't be mad at Mary. <laughs> I love Mary. When she Mary. performed in that church, honey, she was feeling it with all her morsels. So I, I was into it. I would go just to see her, honey. Mm-hmm. But somebody help her with her hair. Just do that for me. Just give her a little tug on that wig, just a little bit, and no more Christmas tree green Valentino with white grocery store pantyhose. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. It looked very much like what you thought you were ordering and what you actually got. (laughs) And I am here for Jen. I don't know why, but there's just something about her that is very interesting. I like her. I like her. When she was just saying grinder, 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 and dancing up a cr- and, and just saying a salam alaikum bitches, even though I was offended yeah. at first, I was like, I'm I'm down for her. I like her. I um, like her family. Mm-hmm. I, I like her. Yeah. I'm down yeah. with her. And and uh, the breakout star is Brooks. Everyone's talking about Oh yeah. Oh Brooks. my God. Yes. Yes. The green screen, honey. <laughs> He's so fun. I, and I love that we're pretending that the two of them left school to see their mom, honey. They left to be on a Bravo show. Yeah, Bravo, honey. That was smart. You get your de- child, whatever. That was brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. He's, I'm taking a year off. Uh, seems I would too. I would too, girl. I would too, honey. Um, and the fact that she had her vagina in my face, I was just like, yes, read her. so offended. I loved it. My mom was like hanging out with someone that would put their vagina in the face. <laughs> he was so perturbed. I loved it. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, yeah, that's going to be a good franchise. I'm really impressed. I thought they should have done Chicago or San Francisco, but I think that Salt Lake really crept up and I'm kind of liking it. Yeah, I'm fascinated uh, with the fact that Jen and Mary don't know how to ski and live there. <laughs> Girl, you got Fendi fits on and out there with the children ski slopes. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> That was funny. She's like, I'm going to pretend I'm on the Black Diamond. And I'm like, girl, we can see the grass behind you. <laughs> you got to go higher. It's like, baby, what you doing, honey? You just want to be cute. I get it. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Um, and obviously, we're on All About the Tea together. All we do is talk about Potomac. But I want to hear what your thoughts are about the reunion looks. Because they just came out. and they look like- the best, honey. Hands down. <laughs> Wendy, I thought Wendy looked so good, honey. Yeah, Wendy her. did look good. I'll give it, but Monique, I feel like tens across the board. <laughs> but, but Karen's outfit was a miss for me. It was a lot of lace, and it looked kind of a mess. I like the hair, though. Oh, the hair, honey. The yeah, I was hair. I was for her hair. Yeah, and what did Robin have on? What's the mustard yellow situation? I don't know. And she has a cute shake, girl. Show what you doing? I, I, like I don't know. At all. She looks like that's really like very drag. That outfit yeah. was very drag. It, yeah. didn't, it, yeah. didn't, it didn't really suit her. I feel like that would And it would have looked better with somebody with more bot, like ass and thighs and, you know, yeah, not, not, you know, not a That person should have switched outfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because Giselle has a little junk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She nice. got a little thickness. <laughs> a little things. Um, so I was talking to Deandra earlier, Deandra Simmons, and she was telling me that Candace called her and was asking about mommy issues that she has. So, oh, God. yeah, so that she's trying to get advice from Jandra. But I mean, Candace, honey, what are we going to do with her? What are we going to do with her? Child, they're not going to get rid of her. She's great. She's TV gold, honey. They love, um, <laughs> they love her. What do we call her? Candy ass. Candy ass. 
candy ass. I mean, you know what? I'm not going to shade on it because remember, I learned a little trick with the, the dabbing now because you know I'm allegedly a crybaby too. Can't see me, but I'm <laughs> dabbing my eyes right now. They're watering a bit. Um, thank you for that, candy ass. I appreciate you. Yeah. She um, calling Deandra. That's funny. They are not the same. <laughs> Deandra is not evil. I, you know, I'm friends with Deandra and Mama D. So Deandra's one. I'm gonna have to call Deandra. Be like, child, you were talking to that little girl. <laughs> she acting a fool, calling people rusty ass bitch. I mean, it's worse than that. Telling people bad wenches and wishing mm-hmm. people to die and just like she that mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's well, okay to read. die, Buffy. That did die. That did die. That's horrific. a really horrific thing. Horrific. Somebody just doing their job, like child, like okay, yeah. She 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 really does behave like a petulant child, and you know I know that's harsh, but it's accurate and apt. And she needs to, you know, work on herself. And that mouth, it's too much. It's okay to be fly at the mouth a little bit, but you're trying to kill people with what you're saying. Stop. Mm-hmm. Candy ass, stop. Because she's a cute girl and she'd be fun. She's so cute. She was on Watch What Happens Live and I started liking her. And then I was like, halfway through the episode, I was like, oh, wait, this is Can. Okay, I can't like her. Yeah, yeah. Like- and, I, and she doesn't realize how much damage she's done. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't know. What are you going to do? Hopefully she'll learn her lesson. But I mean, the problem is she's already seen herself for two seasons and hasn't learned anything. So And is amping it up even more. So, yeah, I, I think it's who she is and she's here to stay. Yes. Um, but, you know, if she gets too out of pocket, she's going to be like Kelly Dodd. So she better slow her roll. She better slow her roll because nobody thinks Kelly Dodd's sweating all over Rick Rosenthal or whatever his name is anymore. They had a whole <laughs> sex scene and they were rolling in the bed together. I don't need to see that. Oh, no. I don't need to see that. I don't need to see that. The producer's wrong for that. Not the yeah. They were on top of each other. Like, it was very, very soap opera-esque. Yeah. Well, you know, the soap opera's doing the mannequins, not y'all. <laughs> <laughs> the mannequins are down. They COVID protected. That's amazing. That's, amazing. Yeah, that's horrible. It's weird. Did you see a picture of Denise Richards with the mannequin? She was actually oh, yeah. the mannequin. Girl, that, was, that brought me to life. I love Denise. I don't care what they say. I love Denise too, honey. I love her. Listen, she she's better than Vanderpump. She came to the reunion. Yeah, she, she did. It took it. Yep, yep. And I love that she was being true to herself. She isn't a glam. I'm not doing all that glam every day. That's not who I am. And she doesn't have to. T. <laughs> and they're meeting in the hotel room. If someone told me I had to do full glam to go to someone's hotel room, I wouldn't do I it. I like Babu. I ain't Anybody? No. Please. No. But I like, you know what I liked about her, Buffy, was that she was studying her lines while the reunion was going. Yeah, yeah. Just boss. <laughs> like, so unbothered by this. Uh, this is the reunion. Like, this is not the pinnacle of my life. I yes. am Denise F. and Richard. Yeah. <laughs> I've rented a home. I have a nice backdrop. I don't care about y'all. Yeah, she right? didn't care. Yeah. She was real. I, I'm for that. And when she didn't want to talk about something, she was like, bravo, bravo, bravo. It stopped me. <laughs> Period. I loved that. I loved that. And I and I love that, you know, and God bless Denise for bringing us Garcelle because. Oh, yeah. You know, so that's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm not mad at that. I'm yeah, I love her. Um, yeah. Last question I have for you is, you know, if we could go back in time and you didn't do Married to Medicine, was there another show you would do on Bravo that you would jump on another cast? done housewives of atlanta yeah. yeah oh i think you and i you and candy, candy. i think would yeah. be like yeah candy yeah 100 yeah. i i have a lot of respect for her I love yeah that. I love she's that. she's the original crawl before you ball reality star like she totally. um balls on a budget she you know empowers people by creating all these companies and creating all these jobs she's totally like i, I mean i you know she's on another level <laughs> mm-hmm. but 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 no i have a lot of respect for candy yeah. yeah, that's a good choice. And some of the girls are fun. They you know, I've seen them at parties in town back before COVID. Um, so, yeah, I think I think I would. And the funny thing is, um, and, you know, Nene doesn't know anybody, but um, <laughs> but when Nene was in college, she dated my uncle Brent. And what's funny is one of her son's name is Brenton. And I would always ask my uncle. <laughs> and my uncle was like, no. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm sure if you told her, she'd be like, who that? Who? Who? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't with that. Horrible so I'm sure she remembers him. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she does. Um, yeah, like it's crazy the whole Atlanta angle. Like, I think you would be so good. But what would be your? Um, do you have? Do you have like a tagline? Can you come up with a tagline? 
Don't let the glasses fool you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let the glasses fool you because I'll school you. That's right, baby. (laughs) Um, Listen, I could talk to you forever, but I'm going to let you go. But just tell everyone where they can follow you and, you know, keep up with you. Yeah, I'm JustBeingBuffy.com. I'm a big TikToker like Amir. So uh, JustBeingBuffy on TikTok. And I have a new YouTube channel called JustBeingBuffy where I drop financial gems and lifestyle gems every Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern. So please subscribe. Yes, honey. I subscribed and I didn't regret it. And I love all the tax knowledge. It's amazing. Thank you, love. I this love was it. fun, Amir. So fun. We have to do a duet on TikTok. That's going to be are. Amazing. I've been thinking about that. I'm going to text you. Done. Okay. <laughs> Done. I love you. And thanks, everyone, for being here with Buffy Purcell, honey. Go follow her. She's everything. Yeah. I love, love you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Take On. The Take On is produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Kyle Moore, and is a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find out more about me and The Take On at bpn.fm backslash The Take On. And of course, on my Instagram at Amir Yas official. Yes, honey, we're official. Make sure to subscribe and rate The Take On wherever you stream your podcast and keep tuning in for more amazing guests. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.